1: It is a new day, ladies and gentlemen, in Colts Universe, the multiverse. Wherever you are a Colts fan, it is a new day in a new era in Indianapolis. Welcome to the Blue Stable Podcast. I am Michael PVA. As always, joined by me, our lovely co-host, Landon Oliver, Marcus, aka Culture Shock. It's a new day, gentlemen. But before we get to that new day, I must ask. Y'all were at the draft last week. Y'all were in Kansas City. All right. I know y'all probably want to talk about the barbecue. But before we do that, how was the experience? Oh, the experience is
2: great. I uh, I enjoyed it. Landon enjoyed it. I got there day early, so I got a chance to go down there and go to the NFL draft experience where all the fans go in for free. And, you know, they go get to see the Lombardis, the helmets, the jerseys and stuff. I showed them that around day two. Uh, because we took like a detour route to get there Uh, but it was pretty cool It was pretty dope Uh, you know sharing my experience there the pork was good as well Uh, they gave us free pork but you know meeting the players uh, we got to see Anthony Richardson down there Landon gave him a good welcome to Indy wanted to get a few questions but they was hating on this because it was blue stable so you know what it is what it is but it was pretty cool but I mean we got to see the whole full experience I think we've seen some things that most media people didn't get access to, and we got access anyway. So that whole experience was just dope. But I enjoyed my time. I uh, I tweeted this morning um, that, you know, they need to put the draft back in L.A. or put it in Vegas because I missed a few things so we could get that experience. So I mean, it was dope, though. I enjoyed my time. Yeah. What kind of things were you missing, Marcus, huh? I don't know, you know, the casino, you know, in Vegas, you know, LA is LA, you know, who knows what that happened. We got to see uh, Chase Young when we was down there. Uh, he was walking through the lobby before we got our credentials. That was pretty dope. The dude is a robot, by the way. Um, I've seen Ryan Clark, uh, Shannon Crowder, and uh, Fred Taylor in the lobby as well. I mean, so it, it was pretty dope, man. I enjoyed my time.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun for sure. Uh, He got there a day early. I didn't get there until the day of. So, you know, I walk in. It's all business all the time. It's time to go to work. Uh, That's what it's about. So, um, yeah, it, it was really great. Kansas City, just in general, was fantastic. The people there were phenomenal. I met a couple people that were actually like natives of Kansas City, and they were asking me you know how I was treated. How you know how the food was. How the experience was. Everybody was really nice, very welcoming. So I always appreciate going to a place like that where where people have your back. So I you know shout out to Kansas City for that. And then yeah, I mean it was just like I said, time to get to work. Time for the draft. Time time to get this coverage in. And then on top of that, afterwards, the only like really like I guess like. Fun cool thing that I did with the draft experience is we did get to see Fallout Boy. You already know. So, uh, saw Fallout Boy live, those are my dudes. I saw Fallout Boy 17, 18 years ago, it was like 05.
1: Oh man, Landon showing his age,
3: so like it was really cool. Yeah, I mean, they don't, it doesn't seem like it should have been that long ago, but um. It was really cool to see them almost two decades later, which is just wild to think about that they've been around that long and them still sound phenomenal. They were great, put on a heck of a show. I didn't go to Motley Crue. I didn't do that because one, I didn't want to subject myself to fat Vince Neil. Um, But I've seen Motley Crue twice before this. And this was like years ago back when they were like banging like good so I didn't want this to ruin my crew experience, and I heard some things about the show in Kansas City that they weren't on their A-game. So it's probably a good thing I missed uh, the, the crew concert. But, yeah, we had a great time, like you said. Got to uh, welcome Anthony Richardson, shake his hand, welcome to Colts Nation. Uh, real Like, really, really nice dude. Um, and although we didn't get one-on-one interview, I did get some questions in in the post-draft presser. So I, I did get to ask ask some questions. So that was always cool. Um, but yeah, it, it was a great experience. Was very lucky to, to go. So thank you guys first and foremost. You know, like I know I put that post out on Twitter, but thank both of you for welcoming me into the blue stable and giving me the opportunity to do what I love to do. And it just means a lot to have the support from you two and from the support. From Twitter and YouTube and whoever's watching this right now, just you know, I'm, I'm eternally grateful.
1: Absolutely, man, and of course, we're we're happy to have you. And thank you to everybody also who followed along the live streams with myself and Jay, and then when Marcus and Landon will pop in, I I can't thank you guys enough. You, you know that that means so much to us. Uh, everybody who interacted with our post on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, we have some awesome people behind the scenes that work very hard. Guys like Luke Verkamp, Rhett, Austin, Marcus, Johnny, Logan, I mean, Eric. I mean, we have so many guys that work so damn hard. And your appreciation, guys, we thank you so much after such a big weekend. I know I said that on the live, but I just wanted to express that appreciation one more time. And we got to talk about the draft. We got to talk yeah. about this draft class. Because... First off,
3: too, though, one more one okay. more shout out. Shout out to Jack Giley as well for the work he put in, for getting us prepared for the draft and doing those draft videos with me. Like, you know, there were some names that we went through that the Colts ended up drafting. So um, just, just to have – a guy like that, as knowledgeable as he was, to sit down and talk football with. Those were fantastic conversations. If you haven't watched any of them, even though there's some guys on there that the Colts didn't draft, there are guys on there that the Colts did draft. So I highly recommend going back and watching that series as well that we did where we covered every single position, even the quarterback position, of course. That's the one we went the most in-depth with. So uh shout out to Jack, man.
1: Shout out shout out Jack and if you guys do want to check out those shows go to the Blue Stable on YouTube hit our live tab and those shows will be there remember go to Blue Stable on YouTube hit the live tab and that those shows will be there as well thank you as always again ladies and gentlemen and to get into this draft class because the Colts went into the into the draft what with 8 picks walked out with 12 and it was just an awesome freaking weekend we got to get into get into it we're also going to let you guys know which pick was our personal favorite and we will get into those as we talk about the draft class and we of course you already know where we're starting in the first round we got the man the myth the legend anthony richardson number four overall from the florida gators Landon, you, you've been all about this guy probably from the start. Maybe there was like one week early on where you had questions and then you just – you 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 were leading the Anthony Richardson train. Uh, let, let's go ahead and start with you first. Your reaction to the uh, selection and what you think he can do in his career in, in Indianapolis.
3: Yeah, well, more like Marcus could probably explain my reaction better than I could um because i was just i was elated the world didn't matter around me at the time uh but yeah it was uh and, and like i like you said so i won't say i was leading the charge from the beginning because early on in the season there were some questions and like i was like i don't know about this dude but what really sold me was as the year progressed you saw him get better and better and better and throws that he was missing early on in the season. He was seeing and hitting later on in the season. So once I saw that and I'm like, okay, there's something there with this kid where like, maybe it's not all just like this. And like you saw flashes of it early on, but you just, you know, he would, I mean, he would miss rows and routes. I mean, you would just, it was just so inconsistent, but then and sometimes even in the same game, like, Later, later on in the year, like, the Tennessee game is a perfect example where, like, he would miss a throw, and then in the second half, he would come out, and he would see it, and then he would hit it. And it's like, okay, so he's learning, like, in real time. Like, you could see the progress he made from the guy that he was in December compared to the guy that he was in, in September. And that's what really sold me on him. So then after I saw the growth, it was like, okay, arm strength, athleticism, size mental acuity the leadership like just who he is as a person i was like it's all there and now that we've seen him progress we know what he can be like and that's something that's really important for me with college prospects it's like i would much rather see a guy who progresses throughout the seat like you see them get better as opposed to guys like and i'm not even like saying now, like i'm not saying like this is anybody just even in general but like guys that like say like they have a really great year one year and then the next year they come out and they decline like you don't want to see guys decline in college like you want to see a steady progression and i know it was only 13 games you know he only started 13 games but like you saw that progression just kind of so you didn't see it you know hit here and then go "Mm," you know going down so That's what really sold me, And this was probably, like, this was back in, like, December, I guess. Like I said, by the end of the season, once December rolled around, I was, like, on this kid, like, pretty heavy. I was, like, okay, I like this dude a lot. To the point to where whenever I started doing my film reviews, like, as far as, like, setting up my draft board for how I wanted these guys to go, by the time we got into the beginning of January, mid-January, he's my quarterback one in the class, even over Bryce Young, even over C.J. Stroud. He was the guy that I had targeted. like, And I even put that out there in my thread I did. I was like, I know this is going to shock a lot of people, but like, he's my QB1. This is the guy that you need to take a shot on in the AFC. And what was cool was they hear Chris Ballard echo that as well whenever Chris Ballard talked about it. It's like, look, all, Chris Ballard said every one of these guys has flaws. All of them have flaws. So then why not take the shot on the guy that has the biggest upside, and the guy that if he does hit, and it isn't an if, it, but if he does hit, you're competing with Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, Burrow, Lawrence, Lamar Jackson. I mean, like it is a murderer's row, and now Aaron Rodgers is in the AFC. So I mean, you know, it's um, it it, it was the right move, and if it doesn't work out. I'm not gonna fault Chris Ballard one single bit if it doesn't work out because you got to take the swing. Like you you just have to take the swing. He didn't play it safe, which is what he's been doing for years now with like the constant veteran guys. He he actually took a swing and he took a big swing. And I'm never gonna fault a GM for taking a big swing at the quarterback position because that's what you need. But as far as Anthony Richardson goes, Man, like just what, like what a prospect and not only that, but like what a person in general. I mean, like he's just, he's so well-spoken. He's very humble. He wants to work hard. He wants to be great. And then you combine that mentality with the physical gifts that he has. I mean, this, this dude has every chance. As long as the Colts do this, right. If the Colts do this, right. This dude has a chance to literally break the NFL. Like he will wreck this league. And I uh, could not be more excited.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. And Anthony Richardson, um, just to concur with Landon mentioned at the draft his experience when the name was announced, thought he was going to run around the media room. Um, he definitely high fived me and Andrew. He was so excited. Uh, we even took a picture of him smiling so hard. But he was he was elated, man. He was definitely happy to get that pick. I was happy, too, because this is a, like I mentioned, this is a change of scenery for Indianapolis. This is a quarterback that Indianapolis has not seen before. He's very athletic and he's mobile. He's going to do some things that Colts fans have never seen before, and he's going to he's going to he's going to break the bank for sure when it comes up to that contract. I think he's very talented, has a high upside, and he's just a phenomenal talent. It has the potential to be very good arm strength. Uh, he's very mobile. Uh, reminds me myself of you know if you guys love Josh Allen, I think we're going to have our very own version, but just. You know he's just a different type, a different type of quarterback, and Colts fans has never seen this before, and I'm definitely thrilled to see it because he's going to be a show. He's going to be a, hi- a walking highlight tape. That's that's my personal opinion, and I can't wait to see him take his first snap in India. I mean, he's going to break the bank. Ticket sales is going to go crazy. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm just going to enjoy the process.
1: Definitely, and Landon, I believe uh, this was, this was your favorite pick out of the whole draft, right? Yeah. So he's
3: yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, easily. And uh well I wouldn't say easily cuz this like it was a really great draft. I was really impressed with the haul that they got, but yes, this was I think the combination of one this was the guy that I've been in on now for 5 months and this was the guy I wanted. And then we finally took a young quarterback finally. Like it's been years of waiting for this. And they finally took that swing and like, regardless of and and that's why I was okay with any of the four, like, and I, I even put that out there. It's like, look, I'm cool with any of these four guys. I just want to see them take the swing. But the fact that they took the swing to me on the only one of these guys that has the potential to be, I mean, you're talking about the best quarterback in football. Like he has that type of potential and I know that's kind of blasphemous to say right now because everybody's like, oh, Patrick Mahomes and like all these like, yeah, it's a lot of projection. It's a lot of projection to get there. And I I get that. But he does have the talent and that ability to where he's the only one of the, the four guys that were available that I could say pretty confidently, like it would not surprise me if we're in 2025 or 2026 and he's winning the MVP award.
1: That's some high praise. That's some high praise, and rightfully so, right? Because when – I know we talk about, like, the comparison to Patrick Mahomes and could he be the best. Remember, Anthony Richardson is coming to the NFL after one year of starting. Patrick Mahomes had three, and as much flack as he'll get as a head coach in the NFL, Cliff Kingsbury is a a solid quarterback coach. So Patrick Mahomes was able to work with Cliff for three years in in the same system, polished – season after season after season and you put on both of their films you find a lot similarities in terms of getting out of the pocket extending plays unreal arm talent you the similarities in that perspective the difference here is anthony richardson had 13 starts and there you go off to the nfl patrick mahomes had 30 plus well he did,
3: even with mahomes coming out i mean he was viewed as a project like yes he was he was very much viewed as a guy that you you were taking a risk. It was a yeah. risk. It was the shot. And a lot of these guys, like to me, and that's kind of like another reason why I wanted Richardson, is how many of these guys now year after year after year that get drafted and you hear everybody say, well, he's a project. He's a shot. Like, I mean, this is a swing. You know, you're, you're not drafting these guys for what they are, for what they could be. I mean, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. Like they, like all of those teams caught a lot of flack from fans and from other people whenever they drafted those guys, because it was such a projection. But we've seen these guys come in. Jalen Hurts is another prime example. Yep. One that compared a lot to Anthony Richardson. These guys have all been shots in the first round that because of their mobility and their pocket awareness and their arms and all that. Like, they've been able to develop with the right coaching staff, and that was the main thing with this. And really a reason why I was really comfortable with any of these four is just because they hired Shane Steichen. So I think they have the right coach to foster the talent of Anthony Richardson.
1: And not even that. Remember, you still got Jim Bob Cooter as the offensive coordinator, and then Cam Turner, who has worked with Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, guys who are like Anthony Richardson, who have arm talent, can play around in the pocket, can get away from pressure. So Cam Turner is coming into a franchise with a new, fresh quarterback. I mean, this dude is new. He's young. Like if we were person, if we, per- if you guys in Kansas City saw him and invited him out, you would not be able to take him to a bar. Because legally he cannot go into a bar. That's how young and fresh and raw he is. Y'all would not be able to take him into a bar. So this guy, I mean, I'm excited about it. I know some people were like DMing me, like, oh my God, you talked about Levis more. I'm like, the only reason why I bring that view is just to offer different perspectives about different prospects. Because we never know. That was the only reason. And I was on record. Anthony Richardson has the highest ceiling of all of this. Not even just me. I was following other people who said that. So th- this is, in terms of just potential, a home run pick. Uh, I think, yes, I think we all agree that he has the highest ceiling of all the quarterbacks in here. So, hey, it it, it is awesome. I did notice on draft day when we were on live. You know, when they when they paneled into the Colts War Room, guys were calm. They were quiet. They were calm. They were sitting down. And little did we know with the next pick episode that came out today, they did their celebrating already before they even got on the clock, right? They did their celebrating before they even got on the clock. Houston goes CJ Stroud. And then... It's heard in the background. Arizona has traded its pick. You see a look on Chris Ballard like, damn it, don't let let it be Tennessee. Don't let it be Minnesota. And then it says Houston has traded back up. The room is excited, and they already know who they have before they're even on the clock. So this is a great pick, not to mention, right now it may look bad. It may look murky, but, guys, The AFC South is about to be a bloodbath. Literally. Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and a motivated, pissed-off Will Levis, who definitely has feelings about dropping out of the first round. So just not just AFC South, AFC in general, but we got to worry about our own division, right? So I love it. I love it. As long as you got the new guy, I'm happy. I, I uh, We we all love the pick. I am cleaning out most of my apartment. We're getting ready to move into our house. I stumble upon a uh, frame of Andrew Luck. And, man, I just had a quick pause. Like, man, we got Anthony Richardson now. But we love Andrew Luck still. So, Anthony Richardson, welcome to the freaking Indianapolis Colts. Now, let's move on to the next one, Uh, the 44th pick. In the second round, all right, the second round, the Colts traded back twice. They were at 34 originally. I believe they traded back to 38. No, they traded back to 41 and then traded back to 44, gaining extra day three picks, an extra fourth, and an extra fifth. So they went in with one-fourth, three-fifths, ended up with two-fourths, and four-fifths, and then ended up getting an extra sixth-round pick. So Chris Ballard was obviously... Uh, trying to get more picks. He talked about it in today's episode. He was wanting to get more picks. You have more spots, more depth holes that you need to fill. So the next one, homegrown kid, Julius Brents. I I know him as Julius. I don't know where, I'm not from the Indiana area. I don't know where Juju came from. I always heard him as Julius for the last two years. But let's go ahead and hop on the train. Juju, Juju Brents. Marcus, let me get your thoughts first on this one. The
2: homegrown kid, Kansas State product. What do you think about the pick? How would you grade hey, it? man, I like it. I will give it, a, give it a, a B grade, a B grade for sure. Um, Definitely could be an A, but that's only going off potential, basically a high he plays throughout the season. So I don't want to aim too high to, to get shot down faster. So I would definitely give it a B grade. It's a very solid pick. Uh, one of the best corners in the draft Uh, is pretty much probably if the best corner, depending on some people. But you got a you got a tall, lengthy corner who's pretty much a ball hog. That's one of the things the Indianapolis Colts is missing, especially him being a homebody. And most of these guys that got picked from the Colts all pretty much had the same answer: determined and ready to get to work. Um, and you know he's he's passionate, very passionate. Um, I think I think he's very very sticky in coverage, and he's going to be one of those guys that definitely has a Tyreek Woolen effect going into next season. A sleeper pick for sure. Uh, Tyreek Woolen when he got selected had the same type of effect. Went under the radar for a lot of teams. And then he got put in the right selection and happened to have a very good solid year when he got picked. So I think Juju can have the same type of effect. I know you just mentioned uh Juju, but I think I'll call him Juju too now because everyone's saying it. But I think he can have the same effect like Woolen. Um I think he's very solid. I think he has the potential to be really good too. And he's definitely something the defense is going to need. Uh, I think definitely think he brings fire to that defense as well. And pairing him with Isaiah Rogers Senior, it's gonna be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, hopefully he's going to end up being the more likable Juju in the NFL. So, Landon.
3: Yeah, uh, I I was a big fan of it. I think a lot of people kind of had him penciled in with the Colts for like quite a while. Saw the name in mock drafts pretty frequently. Um, And for good reason. I mean, this is a guy, you know, six foot three, broke the record at the combine for the longest wingspan of any cornerback that's ever been measured. So his wingspan's like almost like seven foot. Like he's literally like a pterodactyl. Like the guy's built different. And to have all of that with the combination of like his like explosiveness and his size, like he doesn't have great straight line speed. Like he's not gonna like blow you away with his 40 yard dash. But I think what's more important is the short area quickness. And like normally you don't see guys that tall with that kind of length move like he moves in the short area and I know he's given, you know, he gave your boy a few, a few fits there. Uh, Quentin Johnston there. I know TCU was not a big fan of playing him. Like, and then what was cool, what was funny too, is like, so like going back and like watching that game. So that wasn't even actually like his best, like that's probably one of his worst games as a, like as a college player. And he still ended up being responsible for two turnovers. Like, so whenever your worst game, as far as like in terms of like yardage given up, but you're still causing havoc and you're still getting the ball back. You're still setting the edge in the run game. Like he had one play in that game where Kendra Miller tries to bounce a thing outside of like Kendra Miller. Like we had him on the show, big dude doesn't really get tackled in the open field one-on-one very often. And Julius Brent's like stonewalled him, And that's, that's not something you see that often you know from from cornerbacks and he's a guy that loves to get up he will he will hit you he will play run defense and then he's got the length to be that boundary corner on the outside and the ball skills to make plays on the balls
1: yeah just had to had to bring that up to break my heart again but i i was going to bring it up either way Uh, I didn't know too much about him in 2021, but watching Kansas State under Chris Kleiman continue to progress, get better as a program, and start winning this year, started paying attention to them a little bit more, had a big game against Oklahoma State. They blitzed them in that one, had a good game there. Uh, The first game against TCU, he wasn't really targeted a whole bunch, but then it came to the second one. Obviously, I was there in person expecting a big game from Quentin Johnston. He had a big game but when he wasn't being covered by juju brents Uh, he had like you mentioned he was responsible for two turnovers the other one you know it was a jump ball tcu was gaining momentum not the best throw not the best jump ball but juju had great position he had great position to go up and battle quentin johnston for that jump ball he got the interception he's a dog he's physical and he's very good that quick area quickness like, like, close to the line of scrimmage. The guy is so instinctual, and he doesn't fall step. He has good technique in his coverage. And, man, if he sees a play coming, man, he is going to blitz you. He is going to blitz you, and he's going to try and put you on the ground. So, this was a great pick. You got your corner. You obviously had a big need there. Your only proven one. Your only proven outside corner was Isaiah Rogers. You have Kenny Moore, who's going to be working in the slot. So... And after that, it gets a lot, it gets really, really murky there. So uh, you get Juju Brits. Some call it Juju Island. He's going to stay home in Indiana, play for the hometown team, Indianapolis Colts. I like this pick. I love me some defensive, uh, some defensive selections. This was not my favorite selection of the draft, though. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But hopefully you found your corner one. For years to come, the guy's ceiling is pretty good. I like the his ability to have a nice, nice floor a little bit. I love the pick. I, I, I really, I really like it. So let's move on here. The Colts then selected at number seventy nine overall in the third round. Again, they did not have their own third round pick. Uh, they got Washington's. They traded theirs to Minnesota last year in the trade up for Nick Cross. So Josh Downs was the pick. This guy was nearly, I saw him mocked as high. I didn't check a lot of mock drafts, but I saw him ranked as high as 33 in mock drafts. And he was on the board there at 79. With the pick, with the next pick came out today, highlighting all of these picks, by the way. This guy had a very emotional and passionate phone call with Chris Ballard. So emotional. You're ready to run through a brick wall for the guy. You know he's passionate. You know he wants this. In, in his mind, he probably knows he should have been well off the board before 79, probably well off the board. But the fact that, you know, he's not worried about all that stuff. He loves the fact that he was drafted. He's not worried about all the, oh, I fell too far. They slept on me. No, he's just grateful for the opportunity to be drafted by Indianapolis. This is a guy who will fill that Paris Campbell role. And I think, you know, because it's not Paris' fault, remember, he still had bad injury luck. But this is a guy who can wreck some havoc. He's a he he reminds me a little bit of maybe a little bit of Cole Beasley in the way that he's able to work some of those out routes, those slants, work underneath a little bit, but also the big playability, man. Yes, it kind of helped to have Drake May as your quarterback, right? But for Drake May, it kind of also helped to have a guy like Josh Downs who caught everything you threw you threw to him. At 5'8", he caught everything. Downfield jump balls, you name it, he caught it. Landon, let's start with you on this one. We'll not start, but let's go to you with this since I started it. Josh Downs, man, probably in terms of value, maybe the best value pick in this draft, maybe because there was a lot of value in here. What? What? How, tell me your thoughts on on Josh Downs, man.
3: Man, so I had Josh Downs as a top forty graded player, so he was like 38 on my board. Uh, and going into the season too, last year, going into the college season, I actually had him mocked to a few teams at the end of the first round. Like I thought he would have been an end of the first round guy and he didn't run as fast at the combine is what I thought. Uh, now like his short area quickness is like elite, but he, I think he ran like a four five, like four, four, eight, four, five, something like that. So it wasn't like necessarily like the fastest. So, I kind of dropped him out of, like, the end of the first round and kind of put him – I mean, like, obviously I didn't drop him too far because whenever you turn on the film, man, like, this dude is just a dog. Like, the ability he has at his size to high point the ball in contested, like, coverage situations, like – or contested catch situations is just, like, wild. Like, I believe he converted, like, 76% or something of contested catches – and, and like that's like that's wild like that's a great number three percent drop rate this last year three percent like we'll take that yeah like the, the dude just does not like and he's he's another guy like he's improved every year and not only that he has the talent but like he has the production as well so you don't have the issues of like where you're projecting a lot he has almost 200 catches in two thousand yards in the last two seasons, like a hundred and like ninety something catches, two thousand yards, like, I mean, like the dude produces, and I know, like, going on early on into the draft process, whenever I would watch him, I don't think he has like the elite speed in the same way, but the way that he just gets open and the way he uses his leverage and the way he can like manipulate defenders with his leverage and like just how smart he is too. Like he reminds me so much of like in, of like the older, like not like the young T Y Hilton, not like the one we saw the last time where he was like kind of slower. You could tell he'd lost the step, but that, you know, like that 2016, 2017 version of T Y Hilton where like, he still had the speed to beat you. Over over top, it wasn't like elite like it was like the first few years of his career, but like he just became so savvy of a route runner, like he's just always open. And one of the funniest quotes was whenever they were doing the the scouting interviews there in, in Indy, whenever they were talking to the scouts, one of the guys said he had the nickname Hiccup for Josh Downs, and he said one of the reasons is because a guy like that all you can do is like you just go sit on the bench drink some water and hope he goes away and like that I, I freaking love that that's why it's so cool like i love interviewing scouts too man like they they've got some great like lines but um yeah man like i there's no there's no way and maybe like the nfl knew something that i didn't i don't know probably there's no way he should have been on the board at 79 and i think the colts Are extremely lucky to get him where they got him. And I think he's going to be a fantastic, like, I mean, he's going to be a great receiver. And you know, you got something going right whenever Anthony or whenever Reggie Wayne calls you the best receiver in this class. And like, that's high praise because Reggie, you know, he'll tell it like it is. Like, he's not going to sugarcoat things. He's not going to pump you up. Like, he's very honest. And Reggie said he's like, yeah, this guy's the best receiver in this class.
1: And Steve Smith was also high on him. And he, Steve Smith is the guy. Steve knows ball. Yeah, Steve Smith is also the guy that said Cooper Cup would be the best wide receiver in the league when he was drafted in the fifth round. He said that was ludicrous. So I would take Steve Smith at as, as his word, especially Reggie Wayne, who should be on his way to the Hall of Fame as, as well. So that that is high praise. I just want to throw that little nugget in there.
3: Yeah, and Cooper was a third round pick as well. So I think he went. I, I thought he was a
1: fifth rounder out of. Uh...
3: No, he no, he's third round pick. He went, he went with the fifth pick in the third round. Oh, so.
1: okay, okay. So.
2: Marcus, all right, Ariel Yeah, I, w- I would say um, this is my favorite pick for sure. Um, if, especially just mentioning it off of Reggie Wayne, Steve Smith. If Steve Smith only knows anything. He's a little guy as well, so I think he knows potential when he sees it. Uh, definitely one of the another steal that the Colts have got a little guy is about 5'10". And, you know, when you look at this guy, he's definitely a zone breaker. He finds his spots and gets open out of nowhere. He's one of those guys the Colts need, especially at the slot position. If you're pairing them up with Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce. And he's one of those guys I like to call like a spark plug player. He's a spark plug for sure. That definitely something the Colts offense needs. That I think personally been missing for a few years is a spark plug. It was one of those guys that could just spark up the offense at any moment. You pairing him and you putting him in the Shane Steichen offense with a Jonathan Taylor running back, with the Anthony Richardson, who could pretty much improve his game using a guy like Josh Downs as a wide receiver for him. I think this helps this offense tremendously. I think it's a great pick. Um, in my opinion personally, uh, you look at a guy you guys mentioned like T. Y. Hilton. Uh, you mentioned Cole Beasley. I would even go further. Uh, many Colts fans wanted a guy like Tyler Lockett a few years ago, and I think Josh Downs had the potential to be a guy like that. Even if you're a Commanders fan, Jaha Dotson, if you watch Jahad Dotson, they pretty much play almost the same, and they're almost the same height as well. So I think all of those guys, I think Downs has a, a potential to be a very solid wide receiver for the years to be. I'm not saying it's going to be the best receiver, but I think he's a best, a good spark plug to boost your offense to get you yak. yak. I would say uh, pretty much Yak, if you need a guy like that, I think he's the potential to do so. A very good slot receiver, and I think it's a solid pick. Hopefully he does work out, man.
1: Hopefully he uh, booms in, in this league. That way we can go ahead and let go of that 2019 draft of, oh, he took Paris over AJ and Terry and Debo just to get away from that. I like the chances of this working out, though, especially when you got a young guy like Anthony Richardson. And Josh Downs is also a fan of that. So let's move on here to the fourth round. Tackle out of BYU, Brigham Young University. Blake Freeland out there, 106 overall. This is a guy who I feel like is a little bit more – uh like a boomer bust uh prospect you know the potential there you draft it there you, you you draft for potential and you you work on it look he's a young guy he's got he's he looks solid in pass protection could maybe use a little work and run uh and run blocking but sperano liked him enough at the combine there was a little clip in there and he was also high about him in the process as well could be you know maybe day one possibly depending on how far along he comes um, you know, maybe has potential for a swing tackle because he'll be good depth uh, to battle with Bernard Ryman, Make it, hopefully, make it a little bit more uncomfortable for Bernard. Can't just can't just hand the job away, right? Make it a little bit uh, uncomfortable for him. Battle him for a little bit. I'm interested to see how they handle him in the preseason games. But with, with Freeland, there's there's definitely more work to be done with him. Uh, before he's ready to get on the field, in my opinion. Bernard Ryman, I feel it was more along in the process than I feel Blake Freeland is, even considering Bernard was, what, a left tackle for two years, three years. So I like the pick still. This is potential. Uh, we spoke about it on in the fourth round when me and Jay sat down. Look, you're not trying to find... You know, day one started. you're trying to pick on potential. You're trying to pick on, you know, ceiling, projection, all that good stuff. Landa, let me start with you, man. Blake Freeland coming over, trying to make some uh waves when he gets to training camp. What are your thoughts on?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, this is just another guy, you know, long, big, I believe he's, you know, six eight, I believe. Um yeah, six eight. Yeah, so I mean, he's yeah, 6'8", three hundred plus pounds. Um can move for his size. I mean, just extremely athletic, great short area quickness, uh, great ability to get out on his pass net pass set. Uh, and that's really where he shied as like a pass protector. Um, he does have some strength issues, so he needs to kind of you know gain some weight. Get better straight through. Very similar to like Bernard and Ryman. Actually, like I know he's got longer arms than than Ryman had coming out, but like very similar profile. Where like there are these these guys that are just really athletic, great speed, great short area quickness, are able to really like affect things in the passing game just because of how well they are uh, in in that those pass sets. Uh, but like they just need to add on you know, lower body strength and their anchor and like getting, you know, moving guys out in the run game. So I think this was a really phenomenal value. He's another guy that I thought would go higher than this. I thought he was going to end up being a third round pick. um So for the Colts to get him a little bit later, it's just more value, uh, which really this whole draft was like that. It was just value after value. And um uh, he, he's just a guy that I think can plug in at that swing tackle. You know, he has experience. I believe he had two, two years at right tackle, Two years at left tackle, so he's played both sides. And I think you just put him in camp and you see where the cards land. And, and, you know, if he if he comes out and he's, you know, balling out for months on end in camp as a rookie, I mean, I got no problem throwing him out there.
2: Yeah, I think it's a solid pick as well. Um, potential is there for sure. Very tall tackle. Um, definitely one of those guys you can plug in at any spot on the offensive line especially with the scenario that the Colts are currently in. I think he can plug in very easily. Uh, we don't have to worry about switching someone's position and they have to change weight and things of that nature, playing out of, uh, playing out of spots on the offensive line. So I do think this is a solid pick, and this is a depth issue that the Colts have adjusted to that they needed to do as well because a lot of fans, including ourselves, had questions going into next season of what they were going to do with the offensive line, and they attacked that very early in the draft. Um, They didn't wait. Uh, They seen their moment. They seen that guy, and they got him. So I'm happy that they attacked this uh, very early in the draft. He was a very solid pick as well. Of course, Dewan Jones was still there. He went a little bit later after this pick, but I think this is a solid pick for sure, and he's pretty decent. And I think he has the potential to be uh, very solid, especially with the core that we already have on the offensive line. He got good leaders ahead of him, so I think the, the sky's the limit for this guy.
1: Yeah, I think there's there, there's a good mixture of vets, you know, all pro, pro bowler player, possibly in Braden Smith. Uh, he's certainly capable of playing at that level. And then you got the young guys, Bernard Ryman. Uh, I'm not sure if we consider Danny Pinter still as a young guy, but we you got Blake Friedland in there. You drafted another kid uh, out of Eastern Michigan. We'll talk about here, him here uh, soon. So the, I, I like the fact that they didn't just sign vets and have them take up holes on the roster. Get young guys in here. Get Grow your own. And that's what Chris Ballard has always done. I, that's just a little appreciation that I want to show there. The next pick, okay, this one kind of shocked me a little bit. The fact that he was even still on the board. Okay, I thought he was going to be gone by now. But defensive tackle from Northwestern, Adatomiwa Adabuare. Oh, my Lord. This, this dude, he may sit, what, six one, but he's got quickness. He has power. Ballard has already said he's going to be the three tech. So DeForest Buckner has a backup all right Th- this dude plays all over the place all right he okay you know I, i'm not entirely sure if you have any critiques at all but the guy just plays football his freshman year had a really good game against ohio state in the big 10 championship game i mean he was he he was a solid player in there couple rushes couple tackles for loss big tackles for loss late in the game and this guy is just active on a pretty bad pathetic northwestern team a Tommy wall was just a, 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 a player on that team. So this is another pick where Landon, I'm I'm sure you agree. How, how, how? So again, much, much more value. In my opinion, much more value here than Freeland was, but the Colts would disagree because they took Freeland over Adobare. So Marcus, let me start with you, man. I like the pick. I like the projection. Hopefully, he can blossom in, into a little something, something.
2: Uh, but t- tell me your thoughts. A freak athlete, fastest, uh, fastest guy in the draft at his position. Um, going into the um, on the forty yard dash, uh, definitely a freak athlete. He got that dog mentality as well. Uh, Ray easily can push any offensive lineman back when you lined him up on the on the line. So I think he's definitely a good uh, a good role, a good fit to put in behind Buckner. And it's definitely one of those guys we need for sure. And I think. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be loved in Indy very easily. Uh definitely just needs the snap counts when he gets on the field. But I do think, you know, backing him up for Buckner is definitely a, a boost. Uh something we need for sure. And Indy's he, a young guy. Don't have to go out there and get a vet, plug him in very easily, definitely a dog, and you know, put him on that line next to Buckner or Grover Stewart. Well, putting him next to Grover and, you know, will pay. I think it that matches very easily. And you know, like we mentioned this earlier. I mean, we mentioned this at the draft, me and Landon. Uh, we was talking about his 40 yard time. And I was like, he's like, yeah, I don't know about having him that fast off the line. I was like, well, worst case scenario, if somebody happens to throw a pick, he could hawk him down. So <laughs> I think <laughs> I think he'll be very solid moving forward. So I I mean I like the pick for sure.
3: Yeah, yeah. And just like just for reference, let's do is six two two eighty. 288 somewhere around there dude ran a 449 that is nuts like that is insane and a uh, broad jump you know 10 and a half you saw me like he's got the explosion 10 yard split was wild like he has crazy get off and so he's a guy too that played like mike said like he played all over so like you know the stand up edge five technique four eye three tech like the dude did everything but whenever you've watched him play three Tech in college, dude wrecked games. like the guy just absolutely destroyed people at three Tech. So it's no surprise to me that whenever the coach drafted him Chris, Biles was like, yeah, he's a three tech because I like I would watch him play three Tech when because the other positions, you know like he he was good at, he could do, but man whenever they put whenever Northwestern lined him up at three Tech, he just demolished people. And so like I think honestly like if he played three Tech, through college like the whole time, this probably this guy's probably going like high second round. So to get him where they got like this is another one, man. Like, I just have no idea how this dude was available. And I I know like possibly because like maybe he was a little bit of a tweener. So you know he's not, you know, DeForest Buckler, you know, six six, almost three hundred, long. Like he's got thirty four inch arms. So I mean like He's got, like, you know, Tommy's long, but he's just a little bit shorter. So, like, I don't know if people were just kind of scared off by, like, well, we don't know where to play him at. But the whole time, I like, whenever I'd watch him, like, this dude's a three-tech. Like, you play him at three-tech, it's over. Because that short area quickness, like, he did 27, 28 reps on bench. And like I said, he's – so he's a shorter guy, but he has longer arms. So whenever you're doing bench press, when you got longer arms – You got a little bit further up, you got a little bit further down. So you might not get, you know, Peter Skaronsky, you know, pushed out 30 reps, but the dude's built like a T-Rex. So yeah, he's yeah, he's able to kind of get those 30 reps. But Tommy, you know, he's got uh, uh, uh. so I mean he's got the play strength, he's got the arm length, he's got the explosion, he's got the man, and, and like this dude is relentless. Like, that's something too that always popped out to me watching him is like. Not only is he an athletic freak, but like the dude plays his tail off. Like he is, ne- he does not give up. So, like Marcus said, if somebody does throw a pick, say Juju Brantz catches an interception, Tommy's on the field, he's probably going to outrun some running backs. Try like getting there and getting whoever into the end zone. I mean, I just can't get over a dude that big that ran a sub four or five. Like that is wild, wild. He <laughs> might be a bigger freak athlete than Anthony Richardson is. Because Richardson's tall. He's 240 and ran a 4.3. Or, well, 4.4, 4.4.3. 4. Tommy's got like almost 50 pounds on him. And he ran a 4.4.9. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That is crazy. They- so, yeah, I loved it. I'm super excited to have him in the building. Very great dude, too. Like, his care, like, people were in that Northwestern program, man. Like, they just rave about the dude; like they love that guy, and so I think he's a phenomenal addition. Super excited to have him in the building, and uh, it's probably even though Anthony Richardson is my favorite pick, this would have probably been my second favorite. Like, I I can't speak enough good things about that dude. I thought he was for sure going in like the se- the late second round, like for sure going to be a second round pick.
1: And I'm 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 not mad at it, man, because if you if we go back and watch the live after Blake Freeland was taken and even at that pick Jay and I were already talking about Ottawa like this is just a typical freaking Chris Ballard player right here athletic high raw score just quickness he can s- split double teams eventually in the NFL L- like and then here here sure enough his name is called to Indianapolis a, a typical Chris Ballard player value 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 Uh, we'll have our finishing thoughts on this class here at the end, but there's so much about this class to like, uh, Tommy is definitely one of maybe the top three to be excited about. Let's move on here to my personal favorite pick of this draft in the fifth round corner Darius rush. I I, I don't know how, again, I don't know. This is another player. I don't know how he was available in the fifth. He, he, along with a couple other players who we were DMing back and forth about, uh, us all three, uh, we, you know, we were I ident- eye- eyeing different prospects. Rush felt like a natural pick. When he was still there, it felt like a natural one. And, and he almost reminds me of a Kobe Bryant, not in play, not in style of play. He reminds me of just the secondary corner. That doesn't get the love and praise that the number one corner on his same team does. Because Kobe Bryant was a great corner in his own self. Sauce Gardner got all the praise and all the love. Bryant goes to Seattle late round pick and tears it up. Already now a young foundational piece for the Seattle Seahawks defense. Rush kind of reminds me of that as well because Cam Smith got a lot of eyes on South Carolina. So you're you're sitting here watching Cam Smith and you almost overlook Darius Rush so this guy is now Landon you said earlier and I'll let you elaborate on this uh you said earlier that he reminds you of, of Richard Sherman and that is that's a dude that's going to go down in the Hall of Fame that's probably one of the most intelligent football players of all time graduated from Stanford an ultimate trash talker but in terms of play he is going to the Hall of Fame so please elaborate on 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 the comparison to Richard Sherman.
3: Yeah. So, like, this is more of like the situation they both had, and then like how their games mirror each other, because both of them were wide receivers turned DBs. So, and like we saw it last year as well, I believe, um, I believe Tariq Woolen was in the same boat. So, uh, you're seeing a lot more of these wide receivers that are turning DBs really hit. But, like, when it comes to rush, so, one, he's got extreme athleticism. Like the kid is just like a dynamite athlete, ran a four three six nuts. He's got great ability to like flip his hips and like mirror guys in coverage, especially on the boundary. And like the way he like he's got longer arms as well. So he's already six two. So he's six foot two, he's taller, but he's got long arms as well. So the way that he's able to jam guys and press coverage, and because of having that wide receiver background. He's very savvy when it comes to mirroring routes. And what's great about him is because, once again, he played wide receiver, and I'm going to keep saying that, he knows how to make plays on the ball when the ball is in the air. Like, the dude will snag interceptions, and he won't drop them because he has those natural hands. So, like, and, and, like, remember, where, what round did Richard Sherman go in? Fifth round. Okay. Sherman sure was a fifth round pick, so you have two guys, long, lanky, former wide receivers, good speed, able to like really use that wide receiver background to mirror guys and to make plays on balls. Both drafted in the fifth round, so yeah, like that was my like he he reminds me of a lot of Sherman in that aspect. Now, like I'm not saying the dude's gonna come out here and be a hall of famer and have a career of Sherman. Like I don't know. I'm just saying as far as like the situations around the draft time that they were both in you know it's it, they're very similar and i think they play football in very similar ways because of having that background and uh i think it's just this is another dude like i i had him going in the third round in this draft i had a third round grade on darius rush and to get getting with the fifth man like the colts dude chris ballard like there's I don't know like what NFL teams were thinking. Like there's so much value. The Colts got in this draft compared to like draft position. I know it's all kind of relative because every team's draft boards are different. So what might be a value to one team isn't going to be a value to another team. They're very subjective. And I totally understand that. But as far as like consensus value, like a lot of these guys, like not only are they elite athletes, but they have great character and they're great kids. And like Darius rush is another one, man. Like, Dude, like, dude's a dynamite, dynamite character guy. Like, he's phenomenal in a locker room. And if you haven't already, like, if you go check...
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
3: I got Horseshoe Huddle. Like the, I believe Destin, he had an interview with him last night. They had uh, Darius Rush on and did an interview. And like, just listen to him talking in that interview. Like The kid's just, he's so down to earth. He's ready to work. Like, And those are the kind of guys you want to bet on. You want to bet on guys with that high talent with the athleticism, like with traits. You want to bet on traits and character because if they have high character, they're more likely to reach the peak of those traits. And if guys like that end up hitting their ceiling, like you're talking about pro bowl, all pro type players. So the fact that he was able to land Julius Brant and Darius Rush in this draft, plus another guy we'll talk about here in a little bit that I was really high on as well. There's no reason he should have went where he went like this could completely remake like this could be a twenty eighteen level draft for this cornerback room.
2: Yeah. Um definitely took the words right out of my mouth. Uh when I when you mentioned wide receiver, the corner. I think the guy's cheating. Um it's it's okay because he's a good talent, but he's just so smooth when you watch him play. He's just a very smooth corner. And you know, to have that ability to do that at six two, and plus he's like only weighs 190 pounds, so he's very fast, and he has quick feet. So to have him on the Colts roster to what we already got is definitely a boost, and he's definitely very intelligent. So just to bring him and his brain work and how he moves, I think it's going to make everyone's life pretty a little bit easier when you add him on that defense. So it's a, it's a good pick, and I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I'm looking forward to it. This was a great draft, and this is a good, solid pick as well. Like I said, very smooth when you watch him play football, and I can't wait to see him in a coach jersey doing that as well.
1: And and watch out for Rush coming th- this coming season. W- watch out for him; he's gonna have a chance to get more far along within the system than uh, Juju Brents will because he's nursing a wrist injury right now. He'll sit out of the offseason OTAs. Should be good to go by training camp. Per uh, I believe it was Chris Ballard. So. But with Rush, he's healthy now. He can get on the field now. He can get with teammates, get in the workouts, get in, you know, in the installation period. He can get a ahead of Brent and start earning some early reps in preseason. You know, maybe go ones uh with the ones in preseason training camp. We'll see how he looks out there. This is a guy that, that I'm really hopeful for. I like Brent's just as much, but rush, I'm just a little tad more. Hopeful for because again, the boss skills, the guy can just do it all again, like like Landon kept harping on the former receiver. He has the mind of a DB and a wide receiver to be able to track that ball down. And he's a willing tackler in the run game. That's also a plus in uh Gus Bradley's defense as well. So young, young, long corner. I am so excited for this corner class. I love it. I love it. I love it. My favorite pick of this draft uh gotta switch it up right can't just say Anthony Richardson all across the board now the next pick if it wasn't my 1A this is possibly my 1B safety Daniel Scott personally I didn't know enough about him I didn't uh I I didn't study him enough but the name when the name was announced Landon it 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 it, it, it was it was clicking like something was on the tip of my tongue like I've seen and I've and I've heard that name before. And then I go back in the year of 2021. TCU opens the season against California. Daniel Scott has one hell of a game against that team. Two interceptions, two tackles for loss, about three pass break. I mean, the dude was everywhere. He was everywhere. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm a little off base, he projects more as a strong safety, right? No? no, okay, I, okay, I that that shows I still got more work to do on his film. But from well, what I've good, seen, good news
3: for you, Mike. Yeah, right. Is he is. Your boys did a pretty good breakdown of Daniel Scott in their safety video on the YouTube channel. Yes, he was the one guy that was highlighted by myself and Jack as the biggest Chris Ballard player in this entire draft. So whenever Chris Ballard took him, me and Jack instantly texted back and forth. We were like, I freaking knew it. I knew there was no way Daniel Scott was not going to be a (laughs) Colt. And so we have, if you go back and watch safety video, we talk about Daniel Scott, why the Colts would pick Daniel Scott, and probably why the Colts did pick Daniel Scott. And then we even give you some film to break down, to show you what Daniel Scott does. Um, But that's all I want to say is if you're not familiar with him, you need to watch, watch our videos.
1: Yeah. I, I, I didn't know enough about him. Okay. So from, from what I saw now, of course, got to go back, watch some more uh, rewatch y'all's uh, video about it. The dude just plays nasty. He plays physical. You know, he's going to have a spot on special teams day one. You know, that's going to be a thing for him. Uh, Almost reminds me a little bit of Rodney Thomas, just just a little bit can play. Can play everywhere. Didn't see enough. For me personally, you're saying there, there's more, so I'm going to take you up on it. But just his, his, his ability to diagnose plays at the line of scrimmage. Get in the box. See what's coming. Don't second guess. And hit the hole. Hit the lane. Make the tackle. He is so active and so physical at the line of scrimmage. There's more to see, apparently, in coverage, which I'm excited to see. This dude I love me some safeties. I loved Rodney Thomas the more I dug into him last uh, offseason after the draft. I feel like this is going to be another guy who I'm just going to fall in love with. I love this pick. I love the defense. I love young secondary draft choices. I love it. I love freaking defense, period. If we could go all defense, I would have loved it.
3: So you love this draft.
1: I love this draft. I love the defensive picks. I loved it. I loved it, especially at corner. No more vets. Get young guys in. Teach them. Grow them. Let's go to the freaking Super Bowl. So you you have Daniel Scott, man. You already got a good safety room, in my opinion. You got Julian Blackman entering a contract year, by the way. You got Ronnie Thomas, who showed great, great stuff. And the thing that I'm picking up with these guys, position versatility. Ronnie Thomas can fill in at both strong and free. Nick Cross at Maryland showed he can play strong and free. Daniel Scott can play strong and free. So position versatility, I love it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass it to you, man. I'm sure the people don't want to continue to hear me harp on defense, but take take the floor, Landon. Tell tell me why Daniel well, Scott uh, is that guy.
3: Well, like for, for one, okay, so a lot of these guys as well, and I just want to point this out they're going to be killer special teams players. Like they're going to be phenomenal special teams players. Daniel Scott is one of those dudes. Like this dude is custom built to wreck special teams as a gunner. Like he's going to murder our special teams. But he has a chance to be really good in coverage as well, and that's something that we we talked about in our video is he shows very like he's he's got very great instincts for a safety. Now, he doesn't have necessarily the greatest like hips and like he can kind of get caught like on deep routes. Like he's not going to blow you away with his straight line speed, but like good short area quickness, really good instincts, really good hands. Like he knows what he's looking at back there. And I know like he is a little bit older. So I think he's going to be 25 this year. Um, So he's a little bit older of a player, which you kind of expect them to know what they're seeing out there. But um, once he sees it, man, like, this dude is, like, like he's like a miss. Like, he's going to make plays on the ball. And he played a lot in a very similar defense where you got that single high, like, cover three, cover one, you know, match coverage, like, that man coverage that the Colts really want to play under Gus Bradley. Like, and that was one of the things that I pointed out with why I think the Colts would like him a lot, not only because he's the team captain, not only because he has a high RAS score, not only because he went to the senior bowl. So all, all three think Chris Ballard, Chris Ballard, Chris Ballard, but because he's already played in a similar system to what, than what the Colts want to run as well. And he's played in that system for four years now. So he's not going to have as big of a learning curve as maybe somebody that has only played a year or two in a similar system. So you combine all those factors together, and that's why whenever we were doing our video, we were like, "This, like, one—he was probably one of my favorite safeties in this draft class. I loved watching him play. I loved the film. The film was phenomenal." Um, but you combine all the other factors with the film, and that's why me and Jack were like, "Yeah, like this—this this dude is like the biggest Chris Ballard player in the twenty twenty three draft." So whenever we were sitting there, like I said, the calls turned in the card. It was Daniel Scott immediately, like he texted me immediately and he was like, he's like, bro, we called it. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm like, there was no chance that dude was not going to be an Indianapolis Colt. So uh, I, I was super excited to see it. I think even though he was drafting the fifth round, he's going to play special teams. I think he has a chance to make an imprint on this defense in year one.
2: Hey man, it's a solid pick. You guys mentioned his coverage. Uh, he's definitely one of those guys you could body over a tight end or a big wide receiver. I think he plays very well in coverage. So I do, I do like to pick as well. You mentioned special teams. If anyone likes special teams more than me, then I don't know. It's a good debate because special team, when they make a big play, it, it just, it just lightened my day because that's what we're known for. They're pretty much Colts is their defense is special teams and adding him to that, especially after players we lost, is going to be a huge boost. And I think for sure he has a potential to be, you know, seen on the field more than others because of his experience and his knowledge of the defense that we run. So I do like to pick, and you know, I, like I said, if we can get guys that's tall and versatile that can do more than one thing, I'm I'm all for it. So I do like to pick as well. If
1: there's something
2: about Chris Ballard
1: I'm not going to complain about is his selection on safeties. That that's for damn sure. I'm never going to complain about that. Next up here, uh, tight end, double dip or not double dip got into the tight end position for the second year in a row. And Chris Ballard mentioned it. He he unpromptedly he mentioned tight end is one of the deepest uh that he's ever seen this this draft cycle. And the selection is Will Mallory out of Miami. Uh it kind of it kind of threw me off a little bit. I didn't know too much about him. Um I I <laughs> uh Landon, I sent you a, a a video regarding somebody, a prospect that I really love. Uh, Doing the shuttle and the dude just absolutely blasted through the shuttle right after him was Will Mallory and he struggled with the shuttle, but it's not a knock on him. I just didn't know much about him. That was just a small little thing that I wanted to bring up. But the more I started the last few days I've been getting into him a little bit. I like the pick again. I I like it. You know, you got Jelani Woods in the third round really good stuff. He showed you probably didn't go to him enough in his rookie year you get will mallory who again stalker had a high ross score for a tight end got wheels has long legs catches with his hands and is another receiving tight end i've said it i've said it even in our playing gm series what's going to help your quarterback more weapons So get him young weapons that he can build chemistry with over time. Jelani Woods, go Will Mallory this year. You're blocking tight ends. You got Mo'Elly Cox. You got Farroa Brown on on the roster. So not too too bad there. I like this pick. Marcus, where are you at with this one?
2: Well, we got the fastest tight end for the 40-yard time out of Will Mallory. Um, And I do like the pick as well. And he's another zone breaker. Uh, We mentioned the wide receiver, Josh, uh, Josh Downs, earlier who pretty much can break up zone coverages. And I think, well, Mallory has the same effect, but at the tight end position. So I do think it is a good pick. And I think, you know, Ballard got a lot of guys from these picks when it comes to, you know, the tight end wide receiver and the guy that we're going to talk about next. All of these guys have a history of catching the football. And I think Ballard's kind of upset and, you know, sick of guys dropping the ball on the Coles roster. So he went out and attacked the draft and got a lot of weapons that are good at catching the football. And I think Mallory's another good pick that is pretty much pretty good at at doing things like that. So I do like to pick. I think it's very solid and catching with their hands, by the way. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So this one for me, like this was probably my least favorite pick in the draft. Um, Not necessarily because it was a tight end. Like I I don't have a problem with, with taking a tight end. I just wasn't really high on Mallory just from the tape that I watched. Like, I think like he needed a lot of like manufactured coverage routes. Like he wasn't a guy that like really got open on his own very often. And then on top of that, like you combine it with like the dude's just a really big liability in the run game and in blocking, like he is not a great blocker. Now that doesn't mean he can't learn. doesn't mean he can't become it, but I think that's an area where the Colts really struggled last year was in the tight end blocking game. And this pick did absolutely nothing to help that. Um, so like it I just wasn't like I just thought there were better options and for better players on the board. But it's also in the fifth round, and I like I thought he was another guy that like he would probably in that fourth or fifth round grade for me. So they didn't really reach for him. Um if any like it was another like you know, pretty decent value for the player. He's a guy that's probably gonna play special teams as well. So you're gonna get production from there. Um, but I just think there were like better players on the board with it. Now he does have the athletic tools and all that stuff. Like he is like he's gonna be like a like a seam ball like killer. Like he's gonna kill dudes in seams uh and, and in the red zone areas. So uh yeah, I'm never gonna complain about getting more options for your your new quarterback. I, I think you know, at that at that point. It's a decent pick, but as far as like where it stands with the other picks in this draft, while I don't think it's a bad pick at all, this is probably the one I'm least excited about just because he had a lot of really rough moments on film that kind of coincided with the Colts having really rough moments last year, and I don't know if they're going to be able to fix that.
1: Yeah, you make a good point. In terms of just pass catching, you know, you, you can see that there is something to work with there, and, and you are right. It, it kind of remind me a little bit with what Frank Reich did with the roster this season. You know, guys didn't necessarily create separation. Reich's play calling was creating some separation for him here and there. And, and, and you do make a great point about the struggles in the run blocking. I like the fact that they're adding competition uh, again, because if, if you were – if you were contending right like we wouldn't we, we would kind of second guess the pick a little bit but this is going to be an evaluation year this is going to see who you can bring along uh get these uh guys some playing time early i mean there's a lot of guys in this class that are going to see some playing time this season so with, with mallory you know is he going to be pushing andrew ogletree is he going to be pushing kylan granson moali cox if he can show better run blocking and training camp i think he's got his spot secured because that's really just going to be his role jelani woods is something to work with as well showed good stuff in his rookie season didn't see enough of it by the way we all should have seen more i like the fact that just on potential you know a dart at the board as a lot of people would say as chris ballard would say throw a dart at the board and let's see if we can hit on it I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Again, you know, get a guy like Anthony Richardson who can throw some real uh, well-placed balls and, you know, see if Will Mallory can make plays on it, see if he can get his conf- confidence up, get some consistency consistency going. And really, this is really what this area, area of the draft is all about, right? Day three, when you get farther and farther into day three, you know, th- there's some things to work on and nobody's going to be a for sure uh, pick. I mean, Will Mallory could get cut. You know, for, for all we know, like, th- yeah, th- plus too, like,
3: I think, like, I just think Kylan Granson is a little underrated for what he brings. Okay. And I think, like, I'm kind of projecting a little bit, but I think he's in for, like, that third year jump from tight ends. Like, I, I think Kylan Granson's going to be a, a really good weapon for the Colts this year. And then, like, I, like you said, they already have Jelani Woods, they already have, you know, Mo Alley Cox, which I think this could be, like, I would say, like, this would be the Mo Alley-Cox replacement, but Mo Alley-Cox still to this day. Mo Alley-Cox is the best run blocker in this tight end room, and that's terrifying.
1: Yes.
3: (laughs) So uh, I just would have liked to have seen them kind of address the situation more. Like, um, and I don't know at the time, uh, you know, Payne Durham was on the board, um, which I think he might have already went off the board earlier than that. So –
1: yeah, I think he was gone.
3: Yeah, so I mean, yeah, so like that would be a guy that I probably would have targeted for the for the Colts, just because I think he plays like very Jack Doyleish, and I, I think like the Colts need a Jack Doyle type of guy, like because they have guys that can stretch the field, run the seams, like Colin Granson can run seams. Yeah, Jalati Woods will murder people in the seam runs, like he will kill people. So like. And then, like, Pharaoh Brown, I'm like, I don't really know much about – like, I'm not – I wasn't a big fan of the Pharaoh Brown signing yet, like, either. So, this tight end room still has a lot of question marks. But, Will Mallory is a talented player. He's an athletic player. And so, we'll see if he can just put it all together. And, you know, like, to be fair – and maybe this is just me being really harsh, too, because a lot of tight ends coming out of college, especially these days, they struggle in run blocking. Yeah. Like, they they all do. So, maybe – I'm just being a little bit picky, but um, you know, I, like I said, I definitely have no problems with the pick. There were just some other value players there that I was like, all right, like this would be awesome if we got this guy. And what what actually was funny about that is one of the guys that I was like, okay, I think the Colts really need to target this guy here. They actually got around uh, like a little bit later. So um, it ended up working out fine.
1: Yeah. In terms of, you know, what they could have done at tight end. Don't even get me started. There was a guy who would walk in day one and be the best run blocker on the team, but we don't need to get into that. Well, there was, there
3: was a lot of medical issues with that situation that kind of popped up and red flagged. So eh. I can understand a little bit why.
1: Yeah. I mean, just little details, you know, just, ah, who knows, who knows maybe in another multiverse that a uh, dream can come true, but in terms of just potential projection, we'll see where this goes. Uh Hopefully, you know, he can show some good stuff in the OTAs and then really get to training camp and see where he can. he carve out a role on, like, field goal position in terms of his blocking? You know, probably might not be uh, inevitable. So we'll see, you know, if he has to spend a year or two on the practice squad. That, that'll be encouraging to see because, again, you know, he's a guy who is athletic, Kind of reminds me of Drew Ogletree, late pick, athletic. See if you can work on some of that. Uh, Drew Ogletree, I feel like, was a little bit more polished in his route running than Will Mallory was. So it's just, again, a potential pick, a dart at the board, see what happens, a camp body, see if he can, you know, carve out a special teams role. If not, you know, try try to develop him on the practice squad. Next up is going to be the – Ah, here we go here. Let's go with the running back out of Northwestern, Evan Hall. Now, the way you felt about tight end, I felt about this pick right here. I felt there were other guys uh, in terms of, you know, pass catching, because the way he was talked about by Ballard and Steichen, he's going to be the pass catcher in this group. Thought there were some other guys, guys like Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, you know, pass catcher, fast agile, just really tricky player. In terms of other running backs, I mean, Muhammad Ibrahim, Zach Evans, I mean, there, there, there were other guys. I don't even think Evan Hall was in my top five uh, of the running backs left. So th- this, it, it was a little bit of a question to me, uh, but, you know, his, his film is solid. Uh, high character player, uh, uh, picture yourself if you've ever heard this before, high Ross guy, so pass catcher, I feel like that's just you know, judging by how Steichen and Ballard talked about him, he'll be he'll coming he'll come in here expecting to be the pass catcher out of out of this backfield. Hopefully, he gets used better than Naheem, than Naheem Hines was because he was a talent that we didn't really use. So, I, I thought you could have gone like four, five, six, seven different ways at running back other than this guy. Uh, but don't, don't get me wrong, I think he can have a special teams role. His, his uh he uses his hands well in the passing game so it's it's a p- p- potential pick but i personally probably would have gone elsewhere at here
3: yeah i i actually like the pick I, I like the player i like they they needed to add another body into that that running back room and i figured they would in this draft i, I think that was a really strong need uh for them so i have no problem with them attacking it and i like Hull as a player as well so Whenever I was watching him in my little notebook, I have I wrote down because I'm not very big on comparisons. I don't like pro comparisons. I'm not a fan of it. But there are some times where you just see guys and they just remind you so much of other guys that you just jot it down. And because I don't do it for like I would say like 98% of players I don't do pro comps for. But there, like I said, there's just some guys where it just stands out so clearly where it's like this dude reminds me so much of this guy and hole was actually one of those players. He reminded me so much of Ryan Matthews coming out. And, uh, so Ryan Matthews too, probably a little bit more production. So, because Ryan Matthews, I believe was like a first round pick, uh, if I'm not mistaken, back when you took running backs in the first round. Um, but, uh, they they play so similarly. Similar, similarly. Goodness gracious, uh, they play very much alike. I'll just say that. And uh, just how like smooth they are, their ability to hit zones and run through the tackle. So he's much more of a between the tackles guy, very along the lines of a Zach Moss. But I do think he has really natural hands. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield and make plays, very good short area quickness as well, good explosion, which is what you need. He's not gonna have, you know, the the Jonathan Taylor, like, let me outrun everybody on this field by 20 yards. Like, you're not gonna get that from him. But I think he's got really good explosion, really good speed in the short area. And he's gonna like this dude's gonna pick up a lot of first downs and he's gonna be a good special teams player. And uh, I, I think right away you could play him in a third down role and get him in, get him on the field. And you like as we saw last year too. Like you don't want to have to ride Jonathan Taylor as hard as you rode him the year before, because eventually those hits add up. And like he has a lot of college carries as well, so you don't want them to break down. So the more bodies you're able to throw to run and get those tough yards between the tackles, and to catch passes and the you know have more of a rotation at running back, the better. And uh, you know you never want JT off the field, but I think now having quarterback like Anthony Richardson, no matter who is back there at running back, you're always going to be scared of the run threat that the Colts now possess in the backfield at quarterback. So it just opens up so much more for these other guys as well, and obviously for JT too. Like if I'm a, if I'm a defensive coordinator, and I have to game plan for Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson in the same backfield. I'm terrified. And, uh, you know, that's something too Morocco Brown said, but that's something that I've always heard as well. Whenever you're like talking to scouts and you're talking to these other guys is like, who would I least like to play against? Who do I not want to play against? Because that's the guy I want. And that that held very true. And so I think getting guys like an Evan Hull that can surround him and churn out tough yards can run between the tackles more effectively than Naheem Hines. Now, he's not the route runner or you know the little pass-catching scat back Naheem Hines was, but he can do a lot of really good – I believe he caught like 86 balls in college. Like that's really good production from a college running back in the passing game. So I, I really like the pick. I'm a big fan of Evan Hull. Like I said, he, to me, is like a Ryan Matthews clone. So if you want a very good example of what it looks like in the NFL, go watch some old Ryan Matthews highlights, and that's who he reminds me of.
1: Yeah, I think if this was any other position, I would probably be a bit harsher on it. Uh, Again, I I probably would have targeted other guys at this position, but this is the running back position. I've been consistent about this since day one. You don't need the – craziest talented person in the backfield as long as the five guys in front are blocking well then you can go out there and produce so as long as our offensive line is is doing their job and you know evan has lanes to run through after the catch or just uh straight at running the ball he'll produce he'll 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 get those yards he'll get those tough yards and this is the running back position so again i it filled a need that i had identified early in the process so it filled a need, great, got the running back, got We're, the body, got but a young Worst guy. case
0: scenario,
3: too. All the running backs go down. Tommy had the exact basically the exact same testing numbers that Evan Holt had, <laughs> but he was 80 pounds heavier. So <laughs> we can put that dude in the backfield and just let him eat. Like so that if you dude, need a if was, you
1: need a third and one, third and two, it's kind of going to him, right?
3: Yeah, bro. Just put him in the backfield. Like so, so Evan <laughs> Holt ran a four four seven, Tommy ran a four four nine. Tommy actually had a faster 10-yard split than everyone did, which is just not – and he weighs 80 pounds heavier. So, yeah, like uh, I I think that should be the route they go.
1: Yeah, so solid solid pick. Uh, if it's the running back spot, again, you saw a seventh-round pick in Isaiah produce producing the Super Bowl for the Chiefs, and he was a seventh-round draft pick. As long as you got the offensive line in front of you and you're figuring out those pieces – I believe this piece uh, can figure it it figure itself out as well. Let's go to the next pick. I believe the sixth round Titus Leo pass rusher out of Wagner Landon. I'm going to be honest, man. I don't know enough about him. I don't know enough about him. The small stuff that I have seen looks explosive, but you know, at that level uh, of college football, you know, maybe questionable. Now again, EJ speed, Played at a smaller level of college football at Tarleton State. Now he earned his second contract uh with the with the Indianapolis Colts. So uh if you can, I I I haven't done enough okay. on Titus Lee. I can't so, find enough. So yeah, so I think this was go- a go So this
3: was a guy. Um he really started gaining traction at the East West Shrine Bowl. Um coaches like raved about this dude at the shrine Bowl. Like he had and then like they went to like the, the pro day. So I believe he was, which pro day was he at? I can't remember. It was one of the bigger colleges. He went to their pro day and performed there. Um, not at Wagner because Wagner's too small. They don't have pro days, but he actually ended up going to a pro day at a bigger school. And it's just, the name's just escaping me right now. But, um. but he really made his mark at the shrine ball. And that's where you kind of got to see him at, against like these higher level, college players and whenever you would watch him like whether it was in practice or you would you like pull up tape so that's kind of like where I got turned on to him was the you know hearing kind of the buzz from the shrine ball and so I kind of started watching him a little bit after that this dude like if there was ever a single player that you could use the high motor characteristic for it's this dude like I don't know if I've ever seen anybody relentlessly attack a football the way he does. Like, I mean, it is why. like this dude is just like, his hair is on fire constantly, every play. Like you never have to worry about the lack of effort. Like he will dominate and he like projects very similarly. And I know like people are going to hate this comparison because of who this guy ended up becoming, but um, very athletically comparable to Ben Banigu. And um, as we know, Ben Banigu was a second. Oh, round Colts
1: day. fans don't like that name. Yeah.
3: Well, it's a lot different whenever it's this late in the draft compared to a second rounder. Right, right. And, uh, but, but I will say that was the main, like, probably the main difference between him and Banigu is, like I said, like this dude, like, the effort level that this guy plays with, I don't know if I've ever seen that of any other player, like, ever. Like, I mean, this guy is just relentless. And it was so fun to watch him go through pro day drills, like, uh, like, dude, like, cause you can find his drill, you can find his pro day on online. And, um, let me, let me just double check here, um, so I can give you guys, uh, the proper information if you do want to do it. So, uh, Army, Army Pro Day is where he went. Oh. so he worked out at Army Pro Day. And so if you go watch the Army Pro Day, you'll be able to see his workouts. And like this, like like I said, like very good, like good size. He's like 6'3", not like super lengthy arms, but very explosive, like great bend. Like this dude has phenomenal bend for an athlete, really great get off as well. So like his testing numbers, like there were a lot of like coaches and scouts that like raved about this dude's workouts and like his performance at the Shrine Bowl and practices and like just the work ethic he had that like whenever this pick came up. Like I I thought he was going to be an undrafted free agent. I didn't I, I didn't know if he was gonna get drafted or not. But whenever you're picking this late in the draft, a lot of the times you're taking those guys that like, hey, there's gonna be competition for this guy as an undrafted free agent, and we want to make sure we get him. And these are the type of guys that you end up taking. Um, just to guarantee that you have them on your roster and you're not having to fight through the undrafted free agent pool. But he would have been like a high, like high, high, high priority, a drafted free agent. And uh, I I think he has a really good chance to, to like, I don't know if he'll ever start, but I think you could line him up in like a rotational pass rush role and have him, have him give you some production. Like I said, I don't know if he's ever going to be a full-time starter, more than a backup, but I like it's very hard to bet against guys that have his combination of like bend, good enough size, good enough short area quickness. And then just the way he plays like, at, like he will in, he will endear himself to this coaching staff and this fan base just off of practices, just from the way that he prepares and he practices.
1: I like it. I'm I'm going to take your word on it, man. I'm really going to take your word on it. Again, I'll have to do more digging. I don't know enough about Titus Leo, uh, to give my uh, to give my educated Plus opinion. Too, like, what
3: huh? a na- what a name too. Can we just talk right. about the name, bro? It's like, Leo. I did, like Leo, and he play like what if he plays at the Leo spot? Like, right? I mean, like this, like maybe it's just meant to be. Same thing with EJ Speed. Like his last name's Speed. Then he ended up, you know, now he's like in a rotational, basically a starter in a rotational mm-hmm. starter position, and he plays with tons of speed and he attacks. This dude's last name's Leo, so let's just line him up at Leo. And just let him go.
1: There you go. Let there you go. go. I like it. I like it. Uh, it's it's a dart throw. Let's see what he looks like in training camp. Uh, so. Will, yeah. So let's go to the next one, the seventh round pick, the last two picks of this class. This one was another corner, Jalen Jones out of Texas A&M. I, I, I heard somebody talk about, uh, I believe it was this guy. He has good reps at Gunner. Jalen Jones. Is that correct?
3: Uh, I mean, I don't – I've watched him more of, like, a corner role. Like, I don't really watch a lot of tape on special teams. Like, most of the guys that, like, I know have good special teams value, you hear it from other scouts and from Uh other people, like, that are around the program. You hear them talk about special teams. Whenever I'm doing that stuff, though, most of the time I'm more focused on, like, their positional value that they play. So – I haven't heard really a, a ton about his like special. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he's fine at special team.
1: I mean, hey, he he looks like a gunner to me. But another another athlete, another guy, what didn't have the fastest forty, right? But he has length. He he, he has those long arms. Can get he in. Plays
3: faster than plays faster
1: than plays faster than what the numbers would indicate. This right? was
3: the so. dude that I was saying earlier. Whenever at at the Will Mallory pick. Yeah. This was the guy that I thought was, that was on the, I had a fourth round grade on Jalen Jones and oh. I thought at that pick, I was like, man, like this needs to be the dude. Then we picked Will Mallory and I'm like, oh man, like we're not going to end up getting Jalen Jones. Like, sure, like surely he's going to go. Yeah. And then they got him in the seventh round and I was like what, like, what is happening right now? This is wild. So this dude, I mean, you want to talk about physical, like a physical corner, like, he didn't have like the, like he allowed like what, like 94 yards on the year, like yeah. total on the year. And he's a guy that like, you just didn't really see targeted very much. So like, you couldn't find like teams like hardly ever targeted him as well. Like they did not throw the ball towards Jalen Jones and he will beat you up at the line of scrimmage. He's very physical. He's very long, great length. I believe he's another guy. He's like six, two, six, one, six, two, um, um, and I just like, I, I really enjoyed watching him control w- wide receivers at the line of scrimmage with his, with his hands. And um he can get a little grabby sometimes. And uh, that, that'll that kind of just be more on like hand placement and position that'll get coached, especially with Ron Milas. Like he will get coached on technique and stuff a little bit more, but I like, I was a really big fan of his in this draft. Like I thought he should have been in, like a fourth round pick at cornerback and They got, like, so, like, all three of these corners, like, Brent's probably went about where I expected him to go. Mm -hmm. But Darius Rush and Jalen Jones, like, there's no way they should have went where they went in this draft. And I think it's just, like, that is two of the biggest, like, not just for the Colts, like, just in the draft in general, those are two of the biggest, like, steals to me of this entire draft. And I think all three of those guys in this DB room coming up together like, they have a chance to be like, like I said, like this could be a 2018 level draft for this cornerback room. Like, that's how good these guys are.
2: I
1: love it. I love it. To ma- go, to already match it with young safeties, right? Young safeties, Ronnie Thomas, Nick Cross, Daniel Scott. I mean, Julian Blackman is, is going into his fourth year still, so he could probably be the leader in that room. Man, I, I, I love the darts. Not really the darts, man. Maybe just pin the tail on the donkey and just really got it on the tail, right? Just, you you put the tail right where it needed to be on the donkey, and that's where it feels like uh, these these corners are. I loved every single selection in this corner room, like the Jalen Jones pick. Uh, Again, just adding depth, adding competition, and adding talent, right? Adding talent. You're still a young team. You're going to grow. You're going to grow. Now come to the last pick, Jake Witt from University of Eastern Michigan. Landon, tell me about Jake Witt, man.
3: Man, so, like, as much as Anthony Richardson was a dart throw at quarterback, like, Witt is just as much of a dart throw at tackle. Like, this is a dude who has not played a ton of football. You know, at his position, but I, I like, I believe it's like he's only played for like a year or two at at tackle. And um he's a guy, I believe he was another like tight end turned tackle. So he's still like like you've got to have like patience with him, functional play strength, like kind of the same thing. Um, like I said, another guy very similar to Bernard Ryman, except this dude's length is like crazy. Like he is he's tall he's lanky but he is like super athletic like i mean crazy athletic and i had heard early on in the process that he was another guy that like like his workouts were just insane like like scouts were going to his workouts and they were just like blown away with the way this dude performed at work and like during workouts and you kind of heard chris ballard kind of allude to that whenever he's like, he's like, I just basically like I almost took him just off his workouts. Like not even on the field, like just the <laughs> way the dude worked out. I took him, but I'd heard on early on in the process that the Colts were kind of in on him. And they, he was another guy that would have been like a very high priority free agent. And so uh, that's why like you see him, he was in both of my mock drafts that I did at the end of the draft, because I knew the Colts liked him. I knew he was a project. He was an athlete, and they they didn't want to lose him in undrafted free agency uh, because there's a very good shot he would have got a pretty big undrafted free agent deal. So they picked him basically to avoid that. Very similarly to like I, what I was saying about Titus Leo, um, and like you're just, like you just have to be patient. Like he's going like he's going to need multiple like at least two to three years to really develop into his role. But the payoff for like what his size can be and like how he moves at his size is like it's unnatural. It's freaky how quick this guy is for how big he is. And if you can just be patient, put him in an NFL strength and conditioning program, develop that technique, the hand placement, the footwork, if you're patient with him this dude is another one like he could pay off in like a big way down the line. And uh, I like, I have no problem. Like I, I was a big fan of it. And like I said, there's a reason why I put him in my mock drafts at the very end of the draft in both version one and version two that I did. He was one of the picks. So, um, so yeah, I, it was right on, right on the money for, for Chris Bell and the Colts to take him where they took him.
1: And guys, th- this was a deep draft, and it was an awesome draft. Twelve total picks. We just sit sat down and went through all of them. Maybe a little bit lengthy, but hey, we always like talking football, right? We always like talking hey, about the we, young
3: guys. Uh, before two, like before, we, can we talk about a mill junior getting undrafted free agent? Like that's I had a fifth round grade on him. Like I thought he was going to be a fourth fifth round guy.
1: Right guard out of Alabama, man. Yeah, like, I, mean, I had him in the
3: mock drafts. I had the Colts actually taking him in their mock draft. I believe in round five, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go look. But then, like, to land him as an undrafted free agent, crazy. Like, Dude, crazy. That... And, Like, I mean, he's another guy, like, super athlete, super long arms. Like, he's not the biggest guy. He can get overpowered in pass pro. And, like, he, he's another guy that needs to develop his play strength. But, like, he's got really long arms. And what I love about him, whenever you have smaller guys, so he's, like, 6'2". Six, like right around six, two, six, three ish range. So he's a little bit smaller, but he has really long arms. And I love guys like that because they have natural leverage because mm-hmm. of their size, but then they have the long arms to really like utilize that leverage. And he's a guy he's super athletic. He fits perfectly in like a zone blocking scheme to like where he can pull, he can get to the second level. Like he's an all first team SEC guard at Alabama. And he went undrafted. He went so, undrafted. So yeah, like that's crazy. That guy sh- for sure should have been drafted. And he was a guy that, like, even going like in the fourth round, like he was like on my list of like guys the Colts could target in the fourth round, then in the fifth round, then in the sixth round. I was like, Man, a K or is still there. Like he would be a great pick. Seventh yeah. round. Then the draft ended. I'm like, man, I really would have liked him to get a K or, but like I get I get it. And then the notification popped up. was like he's signing with the Colts. And like another indie dude, too. So he's a yeah. local, local guy. Um, so he gets to stay home, which is always really great for a guy's development, uh-huh. um, you know, and especially too, like, whenever you're talking about local, like Julius Brands, a or like those type of guys, like there's always that extra motivation too, because you know, like you got family in the stands, you got friends in the stands, you're from the city. So you want to put on like, what's that song I put on for my city? Like you want to put on for your city. So there's always that little extra motivation with guys like that, that I love. And uh, for the Colts to land him, like it's just, it just capped off to me what was just like a phenomenal draft. Like I was such a big fan of everything they did, and then the undrafted free agent moves too. Like there's a couple guys in there, um, that that I think have a really strong, really strong chance to make this roster.
1: Yeah, and there's gonna be there's gonna be open spots, right? There's gonna be open spots, you, especially when you didn't bring in a whole lot through free agency. Some nice bets, you know, Samson Ibukam, Isaiah McKenzie brought in uh, Faroah yeah, Brown. Yeah, so open. yeah, so and and that's perfectly fine. I I don't mind it. I prefer it. You know, you're in a resetting mode. You're you know there's gonna be an evaluation year. But if this young core can team up with the vets. On this team, and they can win and develop, man. That just makes it so much better. That just makes it cherry on top. So, whatever we're going to get this season, we don't know yet. But, man, I am excited to get to training camp and see all of these guys up close and personal, especially the corners. Julius Brent banging with Michael Pittman Jr., Darius Rush banging with Alec Pierce on the outside. Jalen Jones, you know, can he see some reps at safety? You know, maybe, maybe not. How are they going to utilize Rodney Thomas? He played like four different positions at Yale, and I think he's capable of doing it as well in the NFL. And There's so the many GOAT. things he's I, I want to see.
3: Thomas, Rodney Thomas is the GOAT because he landed yes. in Colts, Anthony Richardson. Like if he, if he doesn't misjudge that ball for Houston and they don't catch that touchdown and win the ball game. Yes. Colts don't have Anthony Richardson. So shout out. Like and I know it's like weird for a negative play to be talked about but like bro shout out Rodney Thomas like, Yeah, he <laughs> the 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 future like the f-
1: and, and and it's it, it's a win win because first off you got us Anthony Richardson secondly you showed that you can be in position to make plays and oh, you yeah. can get better at that timing jump so He's hey he already play. had four interceptions he didn't need five right yeah he was
3: he was great last year
1: yeah, so that that he was probably my favorite pick from last year's draft. Again, there's so much with this defense that I'm excited now that Gus Bradley had a year to, you know, play with the toys, see what they can do. Now he's got young guys coming in, couple vets, you know, Samson Ibukami, J. Speed returns.
3: I'm Man, excited this, to see it. This attacking front, too. Like, this is probably the deepest this defensive line has been, like, since Chris Ballard has been in, in Indianapolis, like – I'm super excited to watch this, like Gus Bradley, like because he runs that like attack front with Nate Ollie, where these guys are just like boom. And like you you throw some yeah. of these guys they got here in the draft in that mix as well, and then like you know, Samson Ebukov as well. Uh DeForest Buckner, Grover Stewart, another year with Quiddy Pay and Dio developing, like
1: Eric Johnson having an, uh, going into a second year.
3: Yeah. So I mean, man, like this is just such a deep defensive line group. And like I like I think they have a chance to to do like really special things.
1: Hey man, there's good. We we have about maybe three months to talk about what they can do. Trust me, there's gonna be a lot of open space and time.
3: Hey, mini camp starts tomorrow. Rookie hey, mini-, mini
1: camp starts tomorrow. Training camp is coming in July. Since you know they're OTAs? gonna be able to start. Yeah, they're, they're are be in a... June.
3: Huh? OTAs start in June?
1: Yes, OTA's mandatory. Uh minicamp June 13th through the 15th. I did put out a tweet. Yeah, uh, earlier today when we got the when we got the memo here hey, let need to get that a
3: retweet real quick.
1: Right. Let me uh go ahead and just go down this list here real quick. So, uh oh uh OTA off season workouts mandatory mini camp is going to or rookie mini camp starts tomorrow uh May 5th through the 7th. Happy Cinco de Mayo by the way. And then hey. you got the <laughs> right and then you have uh you got your workouts, you got you got it through May 23rd to the 25th, May 31st to June 2nd, June 5th to the 8th, and then mandatory mini camp June 13th to the 15th, and then they'll have one final break before reporting for training camp. Again, this is going to be a new head coach, so they'll be able to maybe start a week earlier. Than most of the NFL so that's also going to be a huge plus more practice time more opportunities for fans to get to Indianapolis to Anderson and watch this team watch Anthony Richardson see the new staff working with the new players it's it's an exciting time finally. You know, it was a little depressing for the last 6 months or so. Now it's nothing but excitement moving forward. And remember what we talked about last year, Landon? Last year they were bad, boring. They were boring at being bad. Now, they could be bad, get a top 10 pick again, but still be fun to watch. So
3: Yeah, this team's going to be a this team's going to be a blast to watch. You yeah. like, said even like even just from the aspect of like they i don't know if they're going to win a lot of football games but
1: they got a tough man. schedule
3: yeah but i mean man this is going to be a blast to watch these these guys develop and like especially the new quarterback out there bro like yes woo
1: hey a, a, agree with me on this one please week 1 we need Anthony Richardson versus CJ Stroud
3: oh uh, come on let's uh let's see how training camp goes let's see how pre-season <laughs> goes. we'll 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 see how things look and uh we'll we'll see how it looks yeah man patience man patience, man. patience.
1: I, I get it but he needs to be out there week one no no oh well let's wait till week five six throw him out there week one and let him get better and let him learn on the fly all right
3: I mean, like, I get the argument and I have no problem with it if that's what they want to do. Yeah. I just like I don't want to throw him out there too early. Like I want to make sure he learn he knows the playbook, he knows the protection checks, he knows the calls, he knows audibles. Like I like make if now like if it gets to week one, and he's got the playbook down and he's able to get it. Yeah, throw him out there week one. Let's yep. go. But if if that's what I'm saying, like just be patient. Like let's let the let the kid learn. Let the kid Get the playbook down. If he's got the playbook down, I got no problem with it. I don't want to throw him out there before he he knows the playbook,
1: though. I mean, he's already been a cult for a week. And I'm I'm not sure. I don't know for, for a fact or anything. But remember Andrew Luck learned the playbook, like, in two days?
3: Well, yeah, Andrew Luck is also a freak. But yeah. I do know, like, from the combine, uh, or not the combine, but from the draft, like I said, we, we were able to sit down and talk with him uh at the post draft presser and i did get to meet him afterwards he was walking out um from another interview i did get a chance to stop him in the hallway say what's up welcome to Indy shake his hand all that and i do know that that same night he did request a playbook from the colts the night he got drafted
1: so there you go that's not working so
3: um so yeah also like i mean i got pretty big hands so like my hands are like almost like 10 inches this dude's got massive hands. Like his hands, like engulfed mine. Like I don't, like I don't have Kenny Pickett hands, bro. But oh. like, oh yeah, my my hands are bigger than Joe Burrow's. They're bigger than Kenny Pickett's. I'm just saying. But like, <laughs> this dude is like, this dude is massive. He's a massive human. Like he does not look like a quarterback. Oh my gosh! This guy's a linebacker.
1: First off, that was an unnecessary dig at professional quarterbacks, but uh, we're gonna go ahead and gloss over that. But man, that that that's awesome. Um, That's probably a towering man, by the way, and he's twenty years old.
3: Twenty, bro. There's like he's he's a kid. He is he's a a kid. He can't even go into a bar. At least for another few days. His birthday. At least for another few days, right? His so. birthday's on the twenty second. He'll be twenty one on May twenty second.
1: So. Yeah. So, other than that, guys, man, this has been a fun show. Maybe a little bit lengthy, but again, talking about the draft, talking about this class, talking about where they can be at in the next few years. Uh, and there's going to be a lot more to talk about, especially you know if the Colts decide to do any other moves with free agents, maybe put a little bit more uh vets on the interior maybe personally again get the young guys figure it out let's keep going that way but other than that Landon, you got anything else before we close it out
3: no nope, just ready for uh ready for mini camp man ready to get this show on the road there you go all right guys well thank you
1: for listening to this episode of the blue stable podcast we will be back with you guys next week to talk about some position groups and where we can see you know to today we talked about the class Next, we can talk about some, you know, really spend more time talking about these position groups uh from this class as well. So other than that, guys, thank you again. He is Landon. I am Michael. Thank you for listening to this show. We will see you next week.